Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, David, latest on the debt ceiling. Yeah, Possible I this, crisis. This debt ceiling deal that looks like it's going to go through. We'll see if there's any procedural uh, hijinks later on today to try to delay or outright kill this bill. Conservative Republicans are upset because it doesn't rein in spending enough and it lifts the debt limit until what? Or it does away with it until 2025. Yes. Which is definitely a political consideration because, well, what happens at the end of 2024? No one wants a debt ceiling uh, uh, conversation right ahead of a presidential election. Nobody wants it. So they kick the can down the road. Uh, there are some modest spending cuts, the SNAP benefits, food stamps. You know, there are work requirements being put in place. Student loan debt uh, suspension of payments would end under this deal uh, by the end of August. Okay. So there, there, there are wins in here. There are losses in here. And basically everybody on the far right and everybody on the far left is ticked off about it. And uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Do you care to make any comment, David, on as far as uh, the Republicans that are unhappy? Do they, in your opinion, have a reason to be unhappy? I think so. And I think everybody's kind of playing their role at this point because there are conservatives who are worried about uh, the debt, and I think they have a little bit more free reign to do it, knowing that they probably don't have the leverage to kill this bill anyway. So you might as well make your political stand now. I would just say, you have a narrow majority in the House, you don't have control of the Senate, and you don't have control of the White House. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make compromises. Unfortunately, that's that's just how this system works. And isn't part of it with Kevin McCarthy? They made a deal that they would go over these things before something would be thrown out there. That didn't happen. They're unhappy about it. They're calling them out on it. You can't blame them for that. No, not at all. No. Because you have to have a backbone. So, okay, he said, dude, here's the bill. We won't say anything. No, you got to say something. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to stand for this. But in the end, we're probably going to have to take it is what it seems like. Probably. So, Well, you're going to have two recaps of the same game. Very much so. That's always what happens here. We shall see. Okay, other things going on. What is the deal with Trump and Kaylee McEnany? Man, I... What happened here? I hate this. So Trump decided to attack the woman who served as his most reliable and professional, prepared press secretary because he didn't like how she praised him. (laughs) That's the weirdest part of it. So I I see this. He's going after her, calling her milk toast. uh, you know, uh, misspells the word, by the way, M-I-L-K, not... Uh, M-I-L-Q-U-E uh, toast. Anyway. Okay, you mean he tweeted it out? Put it out on Truth Social. it out on Truth. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was like, okay, so what, 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 what prompted this? What was going on? Well, Kaylee McEnany was on Fox News. She's a Fox News contributor uh, yeah. talking about the state of the Republican primary and said this about the DeSantis versus Trump polling. Okay. And the DeSantis team would say, you know, we just had polling come out that shows we closed the gap by nine points since we announced in Iowa. Still, Trump's hugely ahead, but they say they're closing the gap. That's their argument. Hugely. 
Hugely. Um, look, if you look at the big polling lead. now, uh, it was Trump 34 in Iowa. It's now Trump 25. Still a big That's lead. Double digits. Okay. Still. And Trump was upset with that. Trump was upset with that because it wasn't sufficiently praising. So, yeah, he called her milk toast again. Uh, M-I-L-K, a misspelling of the term milk toast, which uh, with the Q-U-E, which it right. means weak and feeble, taken from the name of a character from an old comic strip. Uh, anyway, he wrote, Kaylee Milk Toast McEnany just gave out the wrong poll numbers on Fox News. I am 34 points up on DeSanctimonious, not 25 up. While 25 is great, it's not 34. Uh, she knew the number was corrected upwards by the group that did the poll. The rhinos and globalists can have her. Fox News should only use real stars, is what he said. Wow. That sucks, man. That's weak. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's some communication going on through the morning getting ready for the show. And there are certain stories that will just trigger you in a way like, all right, this really ticks me off. It was hard for me to get my anger to rise and rise because you were dwarfing everyone, David. You were well, like, what is this? Well, what, what is that? I mean, it's, I, she was, I don't disagree with she you. She was making the point that Donald Trump is leading by a lot over Ron DeSantis in early polling. But, oh, it wasn't enough. It was off by a little bit, uh, according to Donald Trump. And so, therefore, what? She's rhino globalist. They can all have her. That sucks, man. For a guy who talks about loyalty so much, I mean, this lady walked over broken glass for him. Oh, I mean, yeah. That... But I mean, dude, listen, we're not saying anything that people don't already know. Loyalty is a one way street with the Trumps. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. I, I, forever. Um, there's something else. And, okay, you read this in places, and I don't know if this is true or not. Okay, because this could be anti-Trump people, people that just hate Trump throwing this out there to make him look worst. That there was another reason there was a spelling on milk toast that was wrong. Yeah. And I don't know that to be a fact. Can you explain how this works? Yeah, so uh, a couple of years ago, and I, I, I did a little bit of digging, and I don't know if Trump meant this on purpose. Uh, you know, he's misspelled things before, so it's not out of the question that it's just a misspelling. But a couple of years ago, some people on some of the darker and more heinous corners of the Internet uh, started spelling milk toast that way in reference to Kaylee McEnany um, because she wasn't, in their minds, sufficiently um, supportive of Rudy Giuliani and all the election uh, claims and whatnot, stolen election claims. They started calling her that, spelling it milk toast, because in 2018... Uh, she had a preventative double mastectomy. Oh my goodness! Um, man. And That's so it was what like I understand. Tundra, and I, I, I really hope I'm not accusing Trump of going down that road because I Damn. think because I think it's a fairly, you know, again, fairly niche thing. Uh, but yes, and it's not unlike Trump to misspell something. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, James. No, I, dude, well, I'd you're... rather misspell it than mean what that. Yeah. When you're when you're tweeting this garbage out, when you're pissed off, I mean, chances are likely you're going to probably misspell a word or two. Yeah, it, yeah. Either is possible. Yeah. I would imagine. But yeah, dude. I mean, that was just unnecessary. Yeah. In my mind, I mean, you could say actually the number is not this number. But then to say the rhinos and globalists can have her and all this other stuff and give her a nickname, Milk Toast McEnany. Dude, that, it's just tired. I knew Van Camp was going to erupt, though. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I mean, yeah. When he texted us last night. Oh, yeah. You could smell the gasoline like, right wow. when the text hit. Like, yeah, oh, I hadn't heard fire's it. Fire's burning. Yeah. I mean, after the debacles that were a couple of previous press secretaries, when she came in, I thought she did a fantastic job for him. Oh, my goodness. She went to bat for him in a really big way. and it just... I can remember it was, like, must-watch for yeah. Robbins. Oh, yeah. She's on! She's on! <laughs> oh, yeah. She was like, great. Okay, turn the sound up! What she, she's going to nail somebody today. And she did. Yeah. yeah. She very rarely disappointed me. Yeah. Okay, other news out there. Oh, my goodness. So we've had some different baseball players come out and say, hey, this whole thing about the anti-Catholic group in Los Angeles – or this stuff about Bud Light Target, okay, needs to stop. And it takes some bravery, some would say, to actually say it because you're putting yourself at risk. But then the backtracking happened with this particular player. Dave. Yeah, this 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 is also disappointing and yet again proof that Major League Baseball hates you. If you are conservative, <laughs> if you are Christian especially, they hate you actively. David will bring this up often because if you're new to the show, Scott Robbins is a huge baseball fan. Hurts my heart. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But uh, every day you do wear a hat that has the Major League Baseball logo on it. I, I got a minor league one today, though. Mm-hmm. Does that Is count? It? Okay. But yeah, okay. it counts. It still counts. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, anyway, Toronto Blue Jays reliever uh, Anthony Bass shared a video someone else made in which they quote scripture to justify the boycott of Target over the Pride collection, the tuck swimwear, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the narrator. In the video, quotes Ephesians 5, which in part uh, says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Anthony Bass shared it on Instagram and because he's Christian and he thought this was interesting to share. And then there was backlash, of course, came out yesterday to apologize for daring uh, to share the video. See, but Here's the thing, too. The apology. When I hear this, I don't hear something just... Uh, sincere from the heart. This is prepared. Oh, yeah. Like corporate speak. Like you go out and say this. It was hostage, like a hostage, hostage video here. A little okay. bit. Uh, All right. Post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. And that's all I have to say about that. Do you mind taking this bit by bit? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I am truly sorry for that. Okay, you could have apologized to them mm-hmm. without making a statement. Hey, I want you to know I'd, nothing personal. These are my beliefs. Hope we can still be close. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. Okay. I shared my actions, meaning what? Yeah, I posted this. And I apologize with them. To them? With them. Were there others that apologized? That's very awkward. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a dude just talking. That sounds like a dude trying to remember what to say. Right. <laughs> line, line. <laughs> what Please. is it? Yeah, and I apologize with them. Uh, what's next? Uh, and as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself. Okay. God, I hate that. What ball player ever talks like that? Nobody. Right. Yeah. I hate that. Res- edu- what resources? Educate yourself nonsense, too. What resources? Yeah. Is there a DEI division of the Blue Jays? Sure. Blue. Absolutely there, there is. 
And they're, uh, what, just force-feeding me this garbage? Yep. They got the Toronto Blue Jays bookmobile. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It rolls in, and you have to sit there and study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the LGBTQ plus yeah. books that they choose for that you. Part of the, yes, they're okay. all there. Part, part of the program, by the way, the reprogramming, is that in the uh, bookmobile for the Toronto Blue Jays, you also have a drag queen who will instruct you, uh, and you have to watch that drag queen giving a lap dance to a five-year-old. Okay. And yeah, you have to learn about the, how that's beautiful and normal. Got it's it. known as the Bookmo Blue Jays. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's make better decisions moving forward. Make better decisions. You mean like not put on Instagram your beliefs? Yeah, keep it to yourself, I guess, mm-hmm. huh? Okay. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Bass. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, of course it is. Who said it wasn't? Because you put that on Instagram, everyone's always welcome at the ballpark. Yeah, well, now... We don't have to celebrate everybody, but you're welcome at the ballpark. What is that crap? Oh, no, no actually, it, it isn't true, because clearly, if you uh, have a particular religious belief, you're not welcome at oh, the ballpark. It does seem to be so. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, we want to welcome everybody. Okay. That's all I have to say. Because your Instagram post didn't welcome? Okay. All right. Who's, yeah, that's who's right. asking people about their sexuality at the gate? I'm sorry, you're not welcome here. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, and it's such a straw man argument. It's well, there just... was that one old creepy beer guy in Kansas City, but I don't think that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he wasn't wearing pants. Well, he, he had some issues. We'll put it that way. Are you a fan of Roman wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> yes. By the way. I, I couldn't help but think of you, Robbins, when I saw uh, the latest dude that's over the age of 80 that's having a kid. Unreal. Wow. we got to get to that. And that building collapse in Davenport, Iowa, crazy. All coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of arguments happening off air. All in good <laughs> nature, though. Yeah, right. A lot of stuff going on. I know. You know what? I'm just going to mention this real quick. Uh, House Oversight Chairman James Comer announced that he is going to move forward with holding FBI Director Christopher Wray in contempt of Congress because he would not cooperate mm-hmm. with his whole Hunter Biden thing. So take that, FBI Director Christopher Wray, in contempt of Congress. And what does that mean, David? Absolutely nothing. Thank you. Yeah. But if you're Comer, you got to do that, right? Well, of course you do. You made the threat, and you 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 set you got to follow through on it. But I, I just don't I don't think anything's going to happen. Okay, is there any arguing that there's not a deep state anymore? No, there's not. Unless you just uh, only watch MSNBC or CNN, it's one of those things. I I think that the right needs to become a little bit more like the left when it comes to branding. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Deep State has been very successfully branded by the left as a kooky conspiracy theory about a shadow government or something like that. Like, right. We need need a different term that sounds that sounds better, sounds less conspiratorial. OK, do you oh, have it or are I, we going to think tank? I, I don't. Uh, 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 the the uh, call it the fun committee. I don't know. <laughs> there you go <clears throat> sounds harmless enough doesn't yeah. it uh the non-protectors of freedom <laughs> doesn't really have a ring to it yeah i don't like it we'll have to come up with something by the end of the show okay you know what i'll give you some good news about america this was pretty cool 
All right, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a feel-good. You might roll your eyes, Scott. You know what? I don't give a flip if you do. Well, it's okay. I want a little positivity. I rolls ahead. Here we go. Okay, so did you see this video that's gone viral of this Russian student graduates from a school in Colorado, and she's talking about how she's amazed by the kindness of people in America? Just listen to this. It's pretty cool. I can't put into words how amazing Americans are. I'm just walking back from the university I graduated, and everybody, every single person passing by, they say, congratulations, or like, woohoo, you rock. I look, it's just so priceless. Before coming to the United States, I always heard how Americans are so fake, and all the smiles are fake. But I don't know. It's so real to me. Is she over at Sonny Hostin's house? No. What? No, that's she's in Colorado. No, she's I know where she Sonny is. Hostin. I'm just talking about what she heard before. Mm. Oh, I gotcha. You had to put a negative spin on it and bring in the freaking no, people. No, I, I love view, hearing stuff like this though, because all we ever hear is a patriarchy and right. systemic racism and sexism and whatever. It's awful. Yeah. It's kind of nice because she knows the difference. It happens so often when people come here from other countries. Yeah, they go, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I heard terrible things about this country. They end up loving it more than the people born here. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that something. 83-year-old Al Pacino's having a kid. God. It's not too late for you, Scott. No, it is too late. <laughs> what do you mean it's too late? Did you get the snipper? No, I didn't get the snipper. I'm I not getting. So. I don't need to get the snipper, Jamie, because I'm not dipping my toe into that pool. <laughs> don't even, David. So we just talked about 79-year-old Robert De Niro had a baby with his girlfriend, Tiffany Chen, and it sounds like Al Pacino is going to be a dad, too. Did he get jealous? I don't know. His girlfriend is named Noor Afala. She's eight months pregnant. Golly. You know how old she is? No. Closest two wins. David? I think I've already seen the age, so oh. I won't. All right, Scott, you got to come within five years. Is that fair? 38. Or should it be within 10 years? Within 10. 38. You got it. 29. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? What? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. We got a news update you don't want to miss next. The Markley Van Camp Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer, the millennial. It's David Van Camp, the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. Okay, get to that story from Davenport, Iowa. That building coming up in just a few. Okay, uh, serious threat to the rule of law. Yeah. Who is? Uh, apparently, it's Donald Trump, according oh. to former FBI Director James Comey. You know, the guy who oversaw an attempt to use federal law enforcement to nullify the 2016 presidential election. Okay. Yeah. This guy's still around, huh? Yeah, he is. Well, he says Donald Trump's a threat to the rule of law after everything that's come <laughs> out. Yeah. With the Durham report, not to mention uh, the Michael Horowitz Inspector General report a few years ago, they're really still giving James freaking Comey a platform. Right. Yeah. Where is this from? <laughs> this is from MSNBC. Well, yeah, because their dopey viewers don't even know it's real. <laughs> he represents a serious threat to the rule of law in this country. And anyone with eyes to see can see that. People criticize CNN for their town hall. I actually thought it was good that the American people could see this is what may be on the ballot in 2024. Someone who promises to do things that are antithetical to a constitution-based 
rule of law society. So I think he threatens that society, and the stakes, if he is the candidate, will be extraordinarily high. And again, it's always the tactic, never specifics. Never. No, it's generalities. Mm-hmm. You just throw something out there. <laughs> yes. Again, the easy follow-up is, okay, what was your involvement in Crossfire Hurricane? What, did you realize that uh, at one point people in your circle went to the Obama White House and told them explicitly that Hillary Clinton's campaign was going to orchestrate a smear campaign against Donald Trump, implying that he was a Russian agent? And then the FBI, your department, used that. Comey knew it. Why? So you want to talk about the rule of law? Give me a break. Yeah. I'm just curious what you think. How many MSNBC viewers really know that? Oh, uh, 2%. Because there's always some conservative that watches it out of rage. Yeah, (laughs) because they hate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And that's why you can get away with saying things like that. And as far as whoever's the host at the time, they know their job as a propagandist. It's not to push back. It's to go along with the narrative. So it just goes on and on and on. It makes me mildly nauseous. Oh, that's a classic clip from James Comey from back in the day. When he was doing the whole thing on Hillary Clinton, right? Lordy, that would be really bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember all that. Yeah. And I remember, and this man, if we're in the truth circle at the time, I remember, well, you should go farther. But I remember thinking, okay, at least he's being honest right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but we were all taking you know for what? a ride. You know what? In your defense, it, it's it's almost, we almost learned it was a given. I mean, this guy had this a huge level of authority, and he's a, a integrity, all these things because of his position, and you just don't even think about it. It was more than that, Scott. Remember? It was, you know, this guy is held in high regard from both the left and the right. Yes. Trustworthy. Yes. Strong. Okay, I guess. We're just following along. And then you look at it in retrospect. Yeah. We were all taken for a ride. At least we know it now. Yeah. The people that are watching MSNBC, they're still in their phase. And probably will be for a while. Part of the reason I do that is because you laugh every time, Scott. It's a technical term now. <laughs> Different phases in life. You get to the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's that time of the show. Uh, go around the table. It may not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Oh, man, I saw this on NBC, actually. Uh, a New York fertility doctor who was accused of using his own sperm to impregnate several patients died over the weekend when the hand-built airplane he was in fell apart mid-flight and crashed. Hand-built airplane. Yeah. That's a lot of confidence. Yeah. Well, he's 72 years old. He's, everybody's got to have a hobby. Uh, this is Dr. Morris Wortman. Um, he was a passenger in the experimental aircraft that went down in a pasture uh, in New York. The pilot uh, was also killed in this. Um, they say the wings of the airplane became detached and then fell to the ground in an orchard and the and the fuselage just kept going for another 1,000 or 1,500 yards. I have never in my life heard of someone describing a plane crash while laughing well, until I mean, this has happened. Well, the wings <laughs> fell off. I know. It, it didn't break. They just popped off. I'm sorry. That's... 
I guess I'm, I'm sorry that these two men no. lost their lives, but no, when pilot. I read well, the I mean, sentence... the guy, I mean, let's face it, the guy that was a doctor who used his own sperm to impregnate patients. Yeah, yeah hand-built was his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Except the last thing, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Can't top that. What's your story, Scott? Uh, my story today comes to us from the uh, Colorado Boulders uh, University, CU. Okay. Website under its pride office. There is such a thing at the University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, claiming that misgendering people can be considered, as a matter of fact, will, will be considered an act of violence. Okay. Choosing to ignore or disrespect someone's pronouns is not only an act of oppression, but can also be considered an act of violence. Nope, it's an act of reality. Asserts the pronouns guide, which was created by students for students and listed under the LGBTQ plus resources. The students further encourage everyone to use gender neutral pronouns until they are absolutely sure nope. which gender the person they are addressing uses. Nope. If someone tells you that to use those, they exclaim, exclamation point, if you don't know someone's pronouns, don't assume gendered pronouns and use gender-neutral ones like they or we. No, if I choose to want to, I can, but there's not going to be a rule that says I can't. I mean, it is Boulder. We'll need to push back on that. Right. I mean, Texans might say Austin. I mean, Boulder, Colorado is yeah. Boulder, Colorado, right? There's plenty of Colorado that's a bit woke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's violence. <laughs> okay. you to know. All right. Um, man, not a happy story at all for my story. Um, and actually, it is kind of a big story. I've seen it at different places. It's the apartment building collapse oh, or partial collapse in Davenport, Iowa, Yeah, where I used to live. Not in the apartment complex. Not I lived no. in two different apartment but complexes, not but one. not that one. Right. No. Um, yeah, our friends in Davenport know all about this story. We got a couple of friends that yeah. work just up the hill from where that apartment complex is. Um. And the crazy thing now is, well, officials thought that there was no one left in there. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, there might be five. Right. And, well, Good Morning America was on it. And, you know, given the play-by-play. -play, this is a complete about-face from authorities who initially said they did not believe anyone was missing. And now they're trying to figure out how to safely conduct another search of this building, which they believe could collapse at any moment. The whole thing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's partially collapsed. Frightening. But where can you go in right. that it would be safe? Yeah. You're not sure. Officials who had previously called off the search now say five people are still unaccounted for. Two of them believed to be inside. Wow. You, well, yeah. So then, but you got to go to try to go in, right? Right. Yeah. You got people outside saying, hey, we they're missing. You got to go in. We are currently. This the, by the way, this is the fire marshal from Davenport. We are currently evaluating the risk assessment of where we can go back into that building to do this other search. We're very sympathetic to the possibility that there's two people. That there's two people still left inside. I give him a pass for uh, losing it there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a tough deal. Tough one. Well, we always talk about if the dude cries, is it justified? Yeah. Well, most of the time it isn't. Well, but I would say that is. Right, yeah, that in that is. case, you realize that. Oh my gosh, we thought this thing was wrapped up, and we actually have left people in there for days.
Yes. Is it they didn't get the names mm -hmm. at first? You're trying to figure out how in the world did that happen? Calls growing for rescuers to keep looking after yeah. officials initially planned to begin demolishing the building Tuesday. Yeah, where are they? Mm -hmm. But they were going to demolish it, and they're like, oh, wait, there's other people. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. Scott, you'll be happy to know they did do uh, rescue for pets. I did earlier. see that. Yeah, I saw some dogs being lifted out. Did you see any cats being lifted out? I didn't see any cats, but I'm sure there were some in there. You're a yeah. cat person. You're probably saying the cats probably figured out a way on their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cats did it. How would they do it, David? Yeah, you, find, you were hearing stories about that building, the structure yes. of it. Not, I don't, oh. I don't think it was necessarily a foundation issue, right? It was there was leaking water and things like that, and so yes. the basic structure had been rotting away. But it was behind walls, so you couldn't see it necessarily. When I mean, right. you heard stories about there were giant holes in the wall, you know, so I, you know, maybe the cats uh, set up shop there and then, you know. Took apart too many strands of duct tape, and it all came down. Like it's a little scratch toy or something. Yeah. You blame the cats. I blame the cats. Just to irritate yeah. Robbins. No, the cats. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. So I don't know what the chances are, but. Well, not good at finding anyone alive. No. No. But closure in terms of finding a body. Something. Yeah, you need something. Yeah. You can't just demolish the building with five people well, missing. Well, and that's what the fire marshal said. I mean, you'd like to go in there and just start removing things and going through it, but it's not that simple. It could go. Yeah. I wonder. You just don't know. You know, there's got to be people who deal with this in earthquake-ravaged areas that know yeah. structural, how to, how to work around this or how to do it or not do it. Yeah, but people are ticked. And I mean, well, I get it. I mean, if so. your loved one was missing, yeah. Yeah. You know, man, all these things... I'll just, we're in the truth circle. Is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, no judgment. So many things you did when you were young that you probably wish you had back or you just think back how stupid. Mm -hmm. I remember get a stern talking to from the Davenport Fire Marshal when I lived there. Not and this what, guy. This wasn't even my fault. No, it was a uh, different guy. Different okay. guy. That was because, well, when I lived there it was 1985 and I'm 18 and I live in a two-bedroom apartment with three other dudes, and then we got four buddies that live right across the way. And, you know, at that time, with a lighter and an aerosol can, that's instant pyro. You know, out on your balcony, you know, make it look like Gene Simmons or something. I thought there was no judgment. Why are the rolling of the eyes? So anyway, our other buddies decide, you know what, we could have a little fire pit out on the balcony. Well... They actually, the balcony caught on fire. Oh, they had to put it out. Now, this was about six weeks after our apartment complex was on fire. Okay. Like, first day of school, we got back, and our apartment was on fire. Like, the whole complex. You know, we didn't understand the law at that time. <laughs> we should have had a whole new wardrobe. We should have had new furniture. We just took it like a bunch of dopes. Like, oh, we'll put you up at the Holiday Inn for a couple nights, and then it should be okay. That thing smelled like smoke forever. And the clothes smelled like you couldn't get it out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it was six weeks after that that our friend's balcony actually caught fire. And we were all going to get evicted. We were like, we weren't even there. But yeah, but you had the aerosol cans. And so we all had a big meeting with a fire marshal at a stern talking to. How much was rent in a burned-out building? <laughs> I 
didn't go down. Oh, God. Oh, no. Again, we didn't know the law. We didn't know. Duh, okay. Gosh, dang. Well, it does smell like smoke, but it'll be all right. I smoke <laughs> cigarettes anyway. Jeez. Freak morons, You man. pay extra for that smoky flavor. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. but Black Lung is going to cost you 10 bucks more a month. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Big dang. Kev, Hawk, me, Johnster, Fracas, <laughs> you could smell us a block away. Here they come, the smoking bros. Oh, yeah. It was great. Anyway, hope everybody in Davenport is safe. Wow. Like okay. a barbecue place, smoking bros. <laughs> <laughs> we should, man. Yeah. Texas Barbecue, Van yeah. Camp's the chef. Speaking of restaurants, Chick-fil-A in a bit of an outrage. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so we know what happened to Bud Light, Target. Um, did you hear how Chick-fil-A has sparked some outrage? I just happened to see this. Yes. Yeah. It's in the New York Post. Um, well, they announced that it was naming Eric McReynolds to the post of vice president of DEI. Hmm. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. What? So people are saying, DEI, really? DEI is the worst. That's why we got all this nonsense everywhere. So some people are like, you know what? Maybe it's time to boycott Chick-fil-A. There's a little uh, survey done. There was 53% said, no, not time for that yet. 47% like, yeah, we should probably let them know. So the whole DEI thing, you know, it seeks to diversify workforces, has certainly been criticized because... Well, it's based on race and gender, and that's pretty much it. And so conservative strategist Joy Manorino said in the story, this is bad, very bad. I don't want to have to boycott. Are we going to have to boycott? So is this no deal? Is it a big deal? What do you think? I mean, I think just hiring the the a DEI professional, yeah, I think it's dumb. I think that... It's more destructive uh, than anything else. I mean, than than it is constructive. But mm-hmm. I uh, let me know when they start. I don't know having rainbow waffle fries, and you know that's a to me right. that's a harder sell because a lot of people don't know even what DEI is. Well, and it's hard to define. I mean, it's different yeah. from company to company. Yeah. I mean, if I mean again, I agree with you, David. I think let's wait and see if there's any fundamental changes to take place. Because of this. I tend to agree with you, too. But I'll read from you the statement that I just want your reaction. I won't try not to poison the jury here. Chick-fil-A is an equal opportunity employer that values diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what the company said. Mm -hmm. We make employment decisions on a non-discriminatory basis and remain committed to maintaining work environments free from any form of harassment. One of our core values at Chick-fil-A is that we are better together. When we combine our unique backgrounds and experiences with a culture of belonging, we can discover new ways to strengthen the quality of care we deliver to customers, to the communities we serve, and to the world. Yeah, that's not good. Flowery corporate speak to me. Yes. Whatever. Isn't isn't Chick-fil-A, isn't the word chick sort of gender (laughs) specific? Now it's going to be they, them, filet. Yeah, or she, her. Well, I think it's chicken, Scott. <laughs> those, chicks. those cow hey, mascots. chicks are welcome here. Huh? <laughs> the cow mascots are going to start identifying as chickens now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's time to sound the alarm yet. No, uh, let's wait. 
But man, the corporate speak makes you want to puke, doesn't it? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Donald Trump has turned on Kaylee McEnany. Is that new, or had he turned on her a while ago? That seems to be pretty new here, and it's because she she said that uh, he was leading Ron DeSantis a lot in early polling, but he didn't think that she said he was leading by enough. Okay, that was like a 10-second clip. Look, yeah. The Santa's team would say, you know, we just had polling come out that shows we closed the gap by nine points since we announced in Iowa. Still, Trump's hugely ahead, but they say they're closing the gap. That's their argument. Hugely. Hugely. Um, look, if you look at the Bigly. polling now, uh, it was Trump 34 in Iowa. It's now Trump 25. Yeah. Okay. So, so, anyway, Trump gets on Truth Social and says, Kaylee... Milk Toast McEnany just gave out the wrong poll numbers on Fox News. I'm 34 points up on DeSanctimonious, not 25 up. While 25 is great, it's not 34. Uh, she knew the number was corrected upwards by the group that did the poll. The rhinos and globalists can have her. Fox News should only use real stars. Hmm. Do we have the fact check on that? What's the number? I, again, it depends on what poll you're looking at. Uh, okay. But I, I don't really know what a nine-point difference really means when you're already leading by double digits. I don't understand it. I don't understand why he goes after uh, the best press secretary that he had. Well, especially with the nickname yeah, and saying, okay, the globalists and the rhinos can have her. No, I don't. There are a lot of people that have supported Trump for a long time. When he does something like that, they don't mm-hmm. like it. No. I don't think it lands. And then Chip Roy gets into this? Yeah, Republican Republican Congressman Chip Roy, not a fan of the debt ceiling deal that they've got going on in Washington. The House is supposed to vote on it sometime tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says doesn't do enough to curb spending. He was on Fox News being interviewed by Kayleigh McEnany. And he made a reference to Trump's unhinged milquetoast comment. Okay. I understand we wouldn't formally default. We can pay the interest on our debt, but our debt could be downgraded and that could be catastrophic. So what is the realistic alternative to this deal? Well, thanks, Kaylee. Uh, first of all, you know, the, everything that we're seeing out of the bill that was put forward, this this deal that's hatched this weekend, is pretty milk toast. If, uh, if that word might mean something to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that and is I, a little dig, isn't it? And I, and I honestly, I don't know if, if she even was aware of it at that point because it had just dropped not long before she was going on the air. And okay. I think she was filling in for Laura Ingram, right? Uh, Honestly, man, I don't, I don't have an agenda saying this. I don't see Fox at night anymore. Yeah. I mean, I do need a scorecard because I don't know who's playing where I, anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, but so but I, I mean, she, and that's not like what would you call it—a structured or planned boycott? I just don't turn it on mm-hmm. without Tucker. I mean, I you kind of feel like you know what you're going to get. I mean, if there was like breaking news or something, I'd probably tune in. Mm-hmm. But you know. I think there's other people, if you're looking for, you know, a conservative-type show that you could listen to or whatever. Just, 
I don't think about it anymore. Kind of out of the habit. And this is weird, man, to say. Okay, I'll throw it out there. We've been in the truth circle all show. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I'm secure enough in my masculinity to admit it. I I kind of feel like I miss my buddy Tucker. Okay? <laughs> I miss seeing him. All right? I miss you, bro! Dear Tucker. Dear Tucker. I miss you lots. Your friend, Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. I, I know there You are never a lot knew what you were like going to get. Yeah. And there were, don't get me wrong, there were some nights when I'd be watching and I'd be like, Tuck, that's a little overboard on that one. But so many times I'd be like, wow, is that true? Because he had to have done the research on this. And you would be left with, you didn't know what you were going to get. And he might be, you know, having his team investigate something that you weren't even thinking about. And then he would bring it up. Or those other days when there would be a hot story and you're like, man, I can't wait to see what Tucker's going to say about this. That's rare. And he was one person that made the progressives like go into conniptions too every single night. Oh yeah, and that part I enjoyed very much. Yeah, that was just all part mm -hmm. of the package. Yep. I do wonder, after everything that happened with DeSantis and Twitter and his announcement, is Tucker on the phone again today going, "Hey, are we getting this all set up? Because yeah. I haven't heard of any sort of release date. Have you? No, no. I still don't know what's going on with the contract. Yeah, situation. I think they gotta they gotta work that deal out first. Because Fox really doesn't want Tucker somewhere else. No, no. But as far as I understand it, Tucker's like, keep your money. I don't care about your money. Well, no. I mean, he's he he was wealthy before he even got into the television. He has family yes. money. Yes. So it's not a money issue. But, yeah, they are not letting him out, as far as I know. So keep an eye on that. I don't know if you saw this. Boy, huge shock, too. Only 33% of Black Lives Matter's $90 million in donations help charitable foundations? I'm surprised no. it's that high. What? Even. Yeah. You don't say. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like the whole thing was a communist scam. <laughs> yes. There were some people out there saying that at the time. Those hateful racists, remember? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it was on the Black Lives Matter website that they were trained Marxists? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, why would you call them communists? Hey, by the way, did you know that they bought a so-called communist temple in Canada? Yeah. They, they just like the real estate. <laughs> what? Right. Yeah. Well, the New York Post, man, I don't know if you happen to see it, when they did almost like a whole billboard of where a lot of the money went. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, $12 million purchase of luxury homes in L.A. and Toronto. Hmm. There's almost a million dollars in investment loss. Um, over two million paid to Black Lives Matter Global founder board member Shalamaya Bowers and her consulting firm. Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, you got to have a good consultant. Well, That's Patrice true. Colors, her brother and security company, they got $1.6 million. Um, to Trap Heels LLC, a company run by the father of Colors' child, that was close to another million dollars. Uh, Six hundred grand to a former board member's consulting firm in connection with a contract dispute. Huh. Okay, and so you go through all this, and boy, if you didn't know better, you'd say this thing was a scam. <laughs> wow. Heck of a deal. Remember they went to her door? That was Candace Owens. Yeah, yeah Candace Owens. That's right, it was her. Yeah. Fantastic. She kind of helped Absolutely break the whole thing. she did, yeah. That whole documentary, and then when she talks to the family of George Floyd, yeah. And they're saying, yeah, no one's talked to us. <laughs> really? You mean they were using 
the death George, of George. Yeah, kid. To, to for, oh, you don't say. Yeah, I, I don't feel too bad for the Floyd family. I mean, they got a multi-million dollar payout from the city of Minneapolis. So. Did, I would have to go back and see the particular scene. Was it George's brother? Was it this? I can't remember now. But it, the whole watch was fascinating. Never seen it from time the documentary. Corporate America was writing million dollar checks, not having a clue as to where the money was going. They didn't care. They just did it. Didn't care. It was all about the ESG stuff. Yep. And please don't come after us. It was crazy. Wild, man. No doubt about it. Um, anybody want the latest Bud Light numbers? You know, oh. every time I see one of these stories, I'm kind of like, man, it seems like we've talked about this enough. And then I'm like, oh, well, this is this is new, actually. They just suffered their worst week ever? When people thought it was going to slow up? Wow. Fell 25.7% endangering its status as the world's number one beer brand. Plunge follows a 24.6% decline from the previous week, and the sixth straight week sales have been hit since the whole Dylan Mulvaney controversy. Mm -hmm. Wow. So is it safe to say we're all at least a bit surprised it's gone this long and gone this far south? Yeah, Although now it is kind of funny over the weekend, uh, getting ready for Memorial Day plans, I did stop at a liquor store and it was really funny at the beer cooler. I was going to get just a couple of tall boys Mm -hmm. out of the free or out of the uh, fridge. And I wound up not getting one because the only thing they had available in like the single cans were Anheuser-Busch products. Basically, they just had overstock that was stuck in there. And I said, hey, do you have, you know, just named another beer brand and they said no we're all out of that we don't have room because we've got all the bud light stuff wow (laughs) and that's after the story you had last week that the other beer brands can't keep up yeah wow that is amazing don't know if you happen to see this um sometimes these things happen and you never hear about it and then all of a sudden it goes viral and then a lot of people are talking about it it is from a starbucks and it's this rant from this woman being called a Karen. But see if you hear this. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what she was upset about. This okay. is from the counter? Yes. Okay. And well, part of it is, to paint the picture, you have this lady working at Starbucks. If I'm to guess, I don't know, between 25 and 30. She's just kind of smiling at her like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and then there's a dude that's working there. That also kind of smiles and and tries to calm her down for a second, but this crazy woman won't have any part of it, and she just keeps going. It is not illegal to yell here. Excuse me, ma'am. You are help when you are visiting the Would you please your family to correct that you have been fired at you several times? Can you make that out at all? Something fired you several. Th- your Something family. Your family. Yeah. Fired you several times? Yes. Hmm. Yes. I will not leave your store. You have been asked very loudly about your family's contracts. You do not live off this salary. Your family's contracts? Yes. You do not live off contracts. the what? Yes. But the staff doesn't seem to know what. Well, what I don't know. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Kamala? We need some interpretation here. <laughs> what the heck is going on? You know, here's the thing, too, and we don't know, but if you had to bet, yeah. say it's you have to bet $100, you had to bet $1,000, would you say she voted for Trump or Biden? 
well, I'm looking at her, and she's got the tight bun. Yeah. The hair pulled back real tight. She's got the dark rim, larger rim glasses on. Yeah. Um, Looks sexually frustrated. I'm saying definitely she's yeah, a little pent yeah. up. Goodbye. With the understanding, I have quietly. Then she starts beating on the counter. That's when the other customers start saying, get the bleep out. Yeah. Get out of here. I don't know. Wow. That, that looks like a lady who is definitely going through pumpkin spice withdrawals. Something, yes. That could be. <laughs> Go to the Heading Betty Ford to her, Clinic. <laughs> Heading over to her old boyfriend's place to kill his cat or whatever. <laughs> Golly. David had one of those once, you know. I know. I story for, story <laughs> yeah. for another time. Okay. A uh, story about a major grocery store chain you'll want to hear. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. The China freaking aircraft that zooms right in front yeah. of our guy 400 feet, and we got the turbulence. International space, what is that? Yeah, they're, well, yeah, they're, they're, so you had a couple of aircraft flying over international airspace, and there was a little flyby on the part of the Chinese uh, going and poking the bear a little bit. And, you know, the, the U.S. government, you know, of course, they're putting out stuff like unprofessional conduct. Blah, 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 blah. The Chinese government is saying, what are you going to do about it? Because they know that, uh, you know, Biden's a B and uh, he'll take it. Yeah, they said your fault. United States shouldn't have been there. Yep. International airspace. It's so infuriating. Yeah. You know, he's not going to do anything. <laughs> no. Just a little warning. Mm-hmm. All right. Sternly Who knows what's going to happen with China? It's crazy, man. And you just had an update on CBS. This is wild to me. Yeah, CBS News, which uh, last week we talked about, uh, actually spoke to an IRS whistleblower claiming that there was undue politically motivated uh, influence into Hunter Biden's tax investigation. Mm -hmm. Uh, CBS News interviewed that guy, actually, which was kind of surprising, right? Now, today they're dropping a story that says, by the way, there are multiple people within the Justice Department who are, well, whistleblowers coming forward to uh, claim that uh, procedures not followed by the FBI in the Hunter Biden investigation, the other criminal investigation that's underway. Uh, The sources told CBS News the whistleblower disclosures raised concerns about the Hunter Biden investigations with allegations including irregular handling of evidence and a claim that Uh, standard investigatory procedures were not being followed. More specifically, during the FBI investigation, derogatory evidence related to the president's son, Hunter, was wrongly labeled as disinformation when it could be or had already been verified. Think the Hunter Biden laptop. Right. Where you had people within the Justice Department, within the intelligence community, coming out and saying, Russian disinformation! And I know you've said nothing's going to come of this, and yeah. you're probably right. But the more whistleblowers that come out, because we also know this. If you're a whistleblower, well, the FBI or the CIA, they can take it out on you. They can make you pay for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Even though they, all through the last 10 years, whistleblowers need to be protected until now. Yeah. And now, well, not so much. But it seems like there's more coming out. Because we've always known this. Okay, when you think about the FBI and you think about the people that are running it, the CIA, 
and it's been incredibly dishonest. I mean, I'm being kind over the last five to seven years. But there are a lot of good people in those organizations. At least we all want to believe that. And I think that's true. Mm -hmm. And then it takes guts to come out as a whistleblower. Yeah. It seems like more people are doing it. All right, what's the story on the grocery store? Oh, yeah, there's a major uh, grocery store chain uh, in uh, Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and Delaware. It's called Giant Food. They are fighting to keep stores open because of rampant shoplifting and an uptick in violence that's going Mm -hmm. on. So they're having to, you know, limit store entrances. They're hiring security guards, restricting the number of items at self-checkout stands. They're moving around product to make sure that high-value products are towards the back of the store so someone can see it if someone's trying to steal. Um, and essentially, they what, what the uh, company president said, Ira Kress is his name, he says he's seen theft rise at least tenfold in the last five years, yeah. and violence has increased exponentially. He goes, we used to chase shoplifters, and you'd get the product right. back, and nobody would ever fight you. I don't worry about someone pulling a knife on or a gun on me 40 years ago, but now, uh-uh, we're not. Their policy is once they're out the door, they're gone. Bye. Yeah, they don't. They're, right. They know that. Yeah. Yeah. No but even if they're whatsoever. Caught, even yeah. if they're caught, what's going to happen yeah. to them? That's, to me, the biggest problem. I mean, all you got to do is say, all right, it's going to be jail time now. We can't, we can't do this anymore, but they won't do it. Got to have equity. You it's know. amazing. It is. Right. It's, it's ins- amazing. It's insanity. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, if there's one big story today, David. Uh, I, you know, the political wonks are going after the uh, debt ceiling uh, negotiations on Capitol Hill, and certainly that's an important and big story. I tend to think, to me, the biggest story is what CBS News is now reporting, that there are multiple whistleblowers saying that the DOJ has been stonewalling the investigation into Hunter Biden. It's a pretty All big right. deal. That is a big deal. we got to get into that. Also... Trump is saying that Andrew Cuomo in New York did a better job with COVID than Ron DeSantis. I understand that that Trump is going to go after DeSantis on a number of things, but that Andrew Cuomo did better with COVID than DeSantis? Really? We'll dive into that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp. He's the millennial. The sexy boomer, Scott Robin. Ah. Uh-huh. All right, David, you want to get into uh, Andrew Cuomo doing a great job with COVID? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Trump has been on a kick in the last few weeks. Of course, as the primary is getting underway, uh, you know, he's going after Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. This, to me, is the most bizarre line of attack. I understand there's going to be a back and forth. Sure. But, one, I mean... Kind of the only reason why Ron DeSantis actually is getting a sniff at the nomination at this point is because of the way he handled COVID. So I don't, I really don't understand why Donald Trump keeps going down this road. But here's what he's been doing is repeatedly claiming that Ron DeSantis didn't do a good job handling COVID, saying that the state of New York actually did better. He says that Florida had the third highest number of deaths, which, yeah, tracks because it's the third largest state by population. But when you look at the rate of COVID deaths, you mm-hmm. know, per 100,000, uh, that was significantly lower than that of New York. And I don't know if he's looking at how the CDC broke it out, because we talked about this a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, the way that 
uh, COVID was being reported in New York was unique among all 50 states because you had mm-hmm. the state of New York and then New York City being counted separately. Right. So it made the numbers of New York State look a little bit better. Well, actually, a lot better because New York was such a disaster. Uh, New York City was such a disaster, I should clarify. Um, but, yeah, when you look at the rate of death, that uh, yeah, Florida's Florida actually did better than, than New York. Um, well, I mean, and most people look at it, and everyone knows how many people moved to Florida in the last three years. Yeah. How many people left New York? <clears throat> That's so, a tough argument for well, Trump to sell. Well, one governor was stacking up old people like Cordwood. Yeah. I mean, they were dying, and they were just coming out in, in droves. Yeah. Right. And then last night you had, <clears throat> excuse me, Andrew Cuomo, the disgraced uh, former New York governor, weighing in saying Donald Trump tells the truth. Finally, New York got hit first and worst, but New Yorkers acted responsibly. Golly. Florida's policy of denial allowed... COVID to spread, and that's why they had a very large second wave. Well, one quick fact check, New York didn't get hurt, hit first. The first, the it was, first cases, it was the West Coast, right? Yeah, the first cases of, of COVID, depending on what timeline you look at, was either right. Washington or California. Yeah. Um, worse, yeah, because the policy was terrible. Yes. And, and then I can't even believe we're even talking about it. But even even still, when you think of how a governor performed during COVID, I don't know really anyone uh, who is looking just at the number of infections or the number of hospitalizations or deaths. You're looking at an entire picture and moving forward because COVID is not obviously an emergency anymore. We're not in 2020. Um you look at the numbers here in terms of who's moving where. Florida's a pretty clear winner between, <laughs> between them Dude, and New York. And at so. the time, at the time, actually defending Trump during all of the COVID, yeah. it, we were making the point: it's not just the numbers of people that are getting it or could die from it. It is the entire big picture. That's why you're a leader. You have to make these adult decisions. It's not that it's just going to go away and everyone's going to be safe. There are going to be lives lost one way or another. And now you see the mental health crisis all over with kids. I mean, there are a multitude of problems because of the lockdowns. We've already been through all of this. It's a weak argument from Trump. And DeSantis actually talked about it um, in Iowa. The former president's now attacking me, saying that Cuomo did better handling COVID than Florida did. I can tell you this, I could count the number of Republicans in this country on my hands that would rather have lived in New York under Cuomo than that lived on Florida. Yeah. The best part of that was, (laughs) nobody's buying that. I I just, by the way, that laughter was genuine. There was no sign that was flashing. No, 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 it was not. No dubbed in track. Yeah, that was real. Now, as far as running for president on the Democratic side, well, you've got Robert Kennedy Jr., but it, no one will give that guy a platform other than conservatives, mm-hmm. conservative talk shows, talking to him about the different issues. And, I mean, to me, I don't agree with him on everything, but a lot of stuff, kind of common sense. He sounds like, like, in some ways, an old-school Republican, to be honest. Not that I would vote for him, but he's better than Biden. Wow. But what's he currently polling at, 20 25%? Yeah, it's something like that, which is really remarkable. But I think that's the, the Kennedy name recognition. Yes. But he 
deserves a debate, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. So the actor, James Vanderbeek, remember Varsity Blues? Was it Dawson's Creek, too? Yeah. I never watched Dawson's Creek. But did see Varsity Blues. He's in Texas, just on his farm. Put on Instagram, because he can't believe that's happening. I cannot get over the fact that the Democratic National Committee is saying there will not be a debate to decide the nominee for president. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're just getting started. He lays it out. Why? He says, are you kidding me? Over an 80-year-old man who, if he lives, will be the oldest sitting president in the history of the country. And if he doesn't live, has a vice president whose approval rating is worse than his. This guy is obviously declining mental faculties. You're putting him up in front of a podium with flashcards telling him who to call on and what the questions are going to be. And you're telling us there's no debate? What about the will of the people? As I sit there and watch this, I'm like, yeah, this is sort of the reality we live in every day. And there's some sort of weird way you get used to it until you see someone talking about it saying, this is crazy. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it is kind of crazy. And, I, and it's just not even the will of the people. What about the will of the people who voted for the guy last time? Because of those people, 72% think there ought to be a debate. So the DNC is openly ignoring, bypassing the will of the people. But this, this was a democracy of the people, by the people, for the people. If we don't have a debate, this is not a democracy by the people. It's a democracy by them. Wow. Well said. But it's worked so well for them. With Biden. Yes. I mean, they don't want to put him out there. They can control him. Absolutely. They want him to do it again. Yes. And you think about the bench. We've gone over this. We don't even mm -hmm. have to go over it again. Thinking maybe it would be Gavin Newsom. Then you see him out there. Oh, God. Off script. He's oh, yeah. terrible. He is terrible. They have no one. He's like from central casting. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking for a politician, you know? Oh, yeah. What he would look like, what he would sound like. Yeah. Yes. No soul. Nothing. Yep. I agree. Manufactured everything. Uh, happy to see this. Um, careers with the highest satisfaction. Oh, interesting. What would you guess? From this study that's looking at a job satisfaction across more than a dozen fields. I'd say wow. I would say probably um, healthcare is always in there, right? Just because yeah, that's true. You know, you're helping people and you make it's in the top money. Three. It yeah. pays all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not easy depending on the gig. No. Oh, no. Gosh. Well, no. no. But satisfaction in the end. Yeah, I, so yeah we, I think for the most part it. it is, yes. Yes. Construction was in the top three. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's something to that. And at the end of the day, you can walk away and look up and go, here's what I did today. You can see it. It's there. It's tangible. How would you know about that? Uh, my grandfather was in construction. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about it. No, you, personally. You've seen it like when cutting grass. I like the tangible of cutting grass. I know you at do. The, That's why I, I was relating. Look at the yard afterwards. Goes, yes. yes, I did this. See, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Known people in construction. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, number one was real estate. Wow. Really? Yes. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, that yes. just seems like that's a stress factory for a lot of people. No kidding. There is something, too, when you help someone buy mm -hmm. a home. And the people are so happy to be in that home. I can see that's a pretty cool yeah. feeling. But there are a lot of people that get into real estate that don't make it. That is not an easy business. No, it's, no, it's not. not. 
Um, hospitality was another one that was mentioned as far as big job satisfaction. Okay. Yes. Now, isn't, isn't the, the recurring theme is that you're, you're doing something for somebody else? You know, if you're in healthcare, your work is about trying to make somebody better. Yep. Uh, With hospitality, usually it's a good event, a fun event, or whatever. I mean, it can be stressful, too. It can be. You always have the crazy people out there. Right. Yes. Uh, Lowest job satisfaction, food service and retail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Worked both of those way back in the day. Tough jobs, man. Oh, yeah. Did you ever do either one? No. (laughs) <laughs> boy the way you portrayed that wow. was like you had suffered with the masses in retail or food service nope never did i was married yeah. to somebody who worked retail so yeah did that misery then make its way to you i was going to anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it depends man it can be cool at times but more times than not yeah. it's it's not easy other lower rated careers um Utilities like power, water, garbage uh, companies. Gosh, yeah. Government. Yeah. Business. It all depends. And manufacturing. And in the middle of the pack, it's education, finance, technology. So if you had to do I had to do it all over again. And radio and broadcast not an option. Where are you going, Robbins? Uh boy, I don't know. I like the only thing I ever wanted to do, I'm doing. Um I don't know, driving a truck, probably. Really? Yeah. Just the openness of the road, a little yeah, freedom. Yeah, just, just by yourself and radio's on or music's on or whatever. and Yeah, the feeling of freedom. Now, if it breaks down, I'm screwed. I don't know how to fix it. But, yeah. you know. Really don't like people? Don't have to be around I, them that I much? I like that some sort of thing. people, yeah. <laughs> when I back up to the dock to unload? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's always interesting because kids are always asking, okay, coming out of school. It's like, man, your career is probably going to change a number of different times. It's not like it used to be, you know. Okay, someone's announcing a presidential run next week. Who is it? First guest that gets it right wins. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. Presidential bid will be announced next week. Yeah. Everybody asking for this person, please, please run. Save America. Uh, Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie plans Uh, to announce his candidacy in the 24 race. I guess next week, Tuesday of next week. You got to be excited, Scott. I'm not, but that's okay. Well, it's well documented. He was your guy at one point in time. Yeah, like how many years ago was that? Seven. Seven years ago. He was Eight my now, guy. sorry. Eight. Yeah. 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 He came in oh. at a very trim 300 back then. <laughs> you know what is uh, the super PAC that has been formed to support him is called? What? <laughs> Call it. Tell it like it is. God, I thought there was going to be a joke in there. Oh, no. No, that's <laughs> really did. what it's called. No, the joke is that Chris Christie thinks he's going to be president. He really doesn't, does he? Oh, what no. lane, does he, what lane does he take? No. I mean, the traditional Republican lane? Like, I'm that guy? Okay, tell me if I'm wrong here, but the way I understand it, his whole reason to run is to go after Trump, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I think it winds up kind of helping Trump in a roundabout way because here you have a punching bag. Because, listen, where Trump is most effective is when there is this sort of bare-knuckle fight. And... Chris Christie, uh, if he wants to go, 
Uh, he can try again, I suppose. I mean, Donald Trump just completely emasculated him last time around. He did, but that guy used to know how to fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, was, he used to be really good at it. He would have been like the leader as far as that's brawlers I, go in politics. That's what I kind of liked Trump about him. Along. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be interesting. So I'm trying to remember how it went down because, obviously, he didn't do well after Bridgegate. And so he was never going to get over that. There were other people that, you know, people wanted for president more than Christie. And then he wanted a gig, so he sucked up to Trump. Yeah. He never really took the gloves off, did he? Uh, Against Trump. Kind of tried, but it was over before it really ever began. I mean, the biggest thing that Chris Christie contributed was just the complete demolition of Marco Rubio. Yes, he did. He took him out. Awful. (laughs) Yeah, he did, man. I don't know, but at the same time, if Chris Christie does want to try to tank Trump, uh, he does know where a lot of bodies are buried because, I mean, he was part of debate prep. He was, Mm -hmm. he, he was very much embedded in Trump world. So he wants a cabinet seat. Yeah. Hoping that DeSantis wins. That's the way I understand it. I could be wrong. That may not be it, but that's at least the way I understand it. Uh, there's a new term out there uh, that you should know. Gen Z is using it a lot. Oh, okay. Bed rotting. You heard of it? Excuse What is it again? Bed rotting. Bed rotting. Yes. Do you know what it is? Taking, I don't know, eight-hour naps? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean just like sleeping through the night or eight-hour naps during the yeah, day? Yeah, like getting up and being up a couple hours and going back to bed. I don't know. What does it's that mean? It's basically staying in bed all day and relaxing. Yeah. There was a piece about it in the New York Post. There's like 305 million views on TikTok of people rotting away in bed. It's one of, as they say, Gen Z's methods of self-care. It's self-care. Know you're, no, <laughs> you are a big fan know, of Scott. I know. Yes. Um, it says, while it may sound extreme and gross, bed riding just refers to lying in bed for long periods of time. Some people are bed riding while binge watching Netflix, stuffing their faces with sugary snacks, or simply staring at the ceiling. And their, uh, their candidate is Chris Christie. And they <laughs> staring at the ceiling? Yes. That, all of that used to be described as symptoms of clinical depression. Right, mental illness, yes. Yes, but now it's... It's different because the big thing about bed riding is there can't be any guilt involved. You can't feel guilty about it because you need self-care. A whole new avenue for my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> my pillow, shut-in edition. <laughs> bed riding edition. <laughs> yes. And so there are a lot of people now pushing back saying, you know, this has gotten out of hand. This whole self-care thing with Gen yes. Z. How yeah. about like getting up and actually doing something? I agree. Well, you'll feel better that way. If it's actually about self-care, it's about having a purpose. Yes. I mean, there are times when you're burnt out that it's good to take time and relax, recharge, all of that stuff. But for a lot of the people they're talking about here, that's... They're not suffering from burnout. It's Mm -hmm. lack of purpose and scrolling too much on TikTok. And taking a self-care day. (laughs) (laughs) From what? (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a to-do list. Start checking things yeah. off. You might find that you really feel better about yourself uh. when you're productive. That's a good thing. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, did you have a news update? Do you want to get into the Trump DeSantis thing? No, what do you want to do, David? I, I, I okay, I, I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit, and as the intro for the hour was rolling, I hear one Jamie Markley say, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a flyer. I might go rogue on something here. <laughs> okay. And now I am want? deeply interested in this. Okay. This isn't the biggest story of the day. We can get to the Trump DeSantis thing in a second. I happen to see something that you had mentioned yesterday about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay, she is calling out Elon Musk as this Twitter parody account of her has gone viral. Mm -hmm. That's labeled parody. Yeah, it's labeled parody. Yes. Yes. And we've been told by people for a long, long time, especially the left, hey, be able to take a joke. It's a parody account, right? Apparently she can't take the joke. Um, she and never she laughs. Is, she's not happy about it. Um, so what does the parody account say? Like, what are we talking about? Um, it will say, I'm having my staff report every single tweet that makes fun of me to the DOJ. <laughs> the thing about that parody account is, if I were to just tell you that that was an actual tweet, you might believe it. I, I would absolutely believe it because they've actually done that before. Yeah. Um, if Elon Musk wants to have a chance with me, he'll immediately ban the parody account of me. This is like literally not funny. <laughs> Another one from her parody account said, to make windmills more effective, when the wind doesn't blow, we should have helicopters over each of them <laughs> and keep them turning you around. <laughs> That's outstanding. Another one. Every time my boyfriend farts, I make him plant a tree to offset his carbon emissions. <laughs> it goes on to say, and there's a story at the Daily Wire saying the account's blue check mark offered to Twitter blue subscribers for $8 a month mm-hmm. was temporarily removed yesterday for an unknown reason, according to the account owner. It was reinstated several hours later. Many have speculated that the parody account might have violated the Twitter blue terms of service as being misleading and deceptive. But many have pointed out that AOC's Twitter account has millions more followers and a gray check mark given to all government and multilateral representatives. So it's back up there. Okay, when I said I may bring up something that we haven't even talked about as saying rogue. Mm-hmm. It's because I really don't know if this was real or not. Did anyone see the picture of AOC floating around social media last night? Uh Uh-uh. No, not that I'm aware of. With a black blouse. Yes. Yeah, I did. Uh, That's where, uh, trying to say it as sensitively as possible. There's no bra. Yeah, the the, turkey's done. Yep. (laughs) So the question was... Because people were going back and forth. Was that a real photo Mm -hmm. or was that photoshopped? And I'm like, I'm not looking into this. What am I going to start searching? Is, you know, 
this shot reel where it's basically a see-through top for uh, AOC? And I saw one comment that said that's what happens when people take pictures with the flash off. If the flash is on, then you see it. If the picture was taken without the flash, because mm-hmm. other people had said that's not a real photo. Here's another one the same with the same outfit. But mm-hmm. one, I have no idea. But dude, the Twitter thread on that was endless. With a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to bring it up. Is mm-hmm. that thing real? Because that that has to be. If that is real, she did that on purpose. Well, oh, I I. I was led to believe that uh, after an exhaustive investigation that it was um, that it was not real. Okay. Got it. I figured if it was, it would have been like one of the big stories yeah. out there today. Mm-hmm. Now, now I really want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's just basically uh, it would be like a see-through sort of top, mm-hmm. but it it would only be see-through when certain light shines on it, if that makes any sense at all. Okay. Because there were conservatives on there posting, I think she's dumb or whatever. She is not uh, deserving of those. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Assets. Very well done, David. Yes. Hmm. Now, as far as the fight between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis goes, you know who I think we should turn to for some good analysis? Who's that? John Carl. Ah, yes. From ABC and Good Morning America. The chief political correspondent and pants wetter, John Carl. What a hack. And the melodramatics, at least to me, that he brings to mm-hmm. this. Okay, I just wanted to play a little bit and then get your reaction to it. Roll it out. Ron DeSantis kicked off his first campaign tour as a presidential candidate by making his sharpest attacks yet on Donald Trump. Hello, Iowa! At first, Ron DeSantis' criticism of Trump was subtle, suggesting the former president was more about building his brand than leading. At the end of the day, leadership is not about entertainment. It's not about building a brand. It's not about virtue signaling. It is about results. Okay, so... Not a big deal so far. Rolls on. But when asked whether he was going to start responding to Trump's criticism, DeSantis hit back. He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. Are you kidding me? He portray- Okay. Now you tell me, does it go to another level here with John Carl? He portrayed Trump as not being a true conservative, spending too much, and failing to control the border. Some of the criticism was personal. DeSantis seemed hurt that Trump had not yet congratulated him for his big re-election victory last year. We want <laughs> seemed hurt. What? DeSantis is hurt. crying. Uh. <laughs> and then he plays this clip. We won the biggest election landslide that Florida Republicans have ever won. And did he ever say anything like "at a boy, good job"? No, he attacked me. Three days before the midterm election. Now, to me, that's saying, dude, you got congratulated. What do you want from me? Yeah. You know, yeah, he actually attacked me before the election. Bitter. It's not, and you know, I was, I was kind of hurt by it. (laughs) 
I needed to take a day for self-care. Yeah. <laughs> he did. It goes on. Most of the Iowa Republicans who came to see DeSantis were still undecided about who to support. But almost all of them we spoke to here said they were looking for someone other than Trump. Why are people looking for an alternative to Trump? I think Donald Trump was great for what we needed in 2016. But I think he's so polarizing. I think we need we need a uniter. His character is not good. It needs to be someone other than Trump. Do you think Trump can be beaten? I hope so. There he goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? Feelings hurt. Ron's were. <laughs> yeah. And he hit him on these other things. I. It, it's just so hacky. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think this is what they want as far as legacy media. I mean, they want those two going at it. Sure, it's big viewership, and, you know, it's dividing the party in some ways. Yeah, the Santis has developed bed rot. <laughs> From the self-care that he needs? Yeah, he needs yeah. his baby. The Gen bed. Z term? Yeah, he needs to just lay there for a few days watching Netflix. <laughs> He'll be fine. Apparently, there are a lot of people needing self-care right now because... Uh, Boycotting Target is literally terrorism. Oh, God, I hate this stuff. Yeah. This, this makes me nuts. Yeah, there, It's terrorism. Shut up. So there's been a massive... <laughs> Shut up. There's been a massive amount of backlash against Target because Target went all in on the radical trans stuff, selling the tuck swimsuits for uh, men and teenagers who think they're women, and offering pride merchandise for babies. So Target has been suffering the consequences of a boycott. Uh, and the left is suddenly mad that Target is responding to it at all. The same people who say we should boycott Israel are saying we can't boycott at all. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Economics professor Justin Wolfers, he's at the University of Michigan. He said on MSNBC, people who uh, don't want to support Target are terrorists. Just Here we go. When Target caves into this then it says that the moment you threaten the employees of even a very large corporation, you get to control its policies. This is economic terrorism. Hold on a second. Are we talking about a boycott or threatening employees? Yeah, so he kind of combines the two. It okay. says that all these people are, are being violent against Target employees. Where? Yeah, right. I. I've seen, again, a couple of videos of people being jerks to the hourly employee at Target. By the way, don't do that. Just don't shop at Target. You know, but... Right, but there's nobody beating somebody up. Oh, no. Or getting in somebody's face. No. Okay. All right. Go on, Wes. Economic terrorism. Literally terrorism. Creating fear among the workers and forcing the corporations to sell the things you want and not sell the things you don't. Consumers trying to get companies to sell things they want and not sell things they don't want? Wow. Heck you say. Can't believe that. Dude. You know what? I think it's really working. The more I hear stuff like that, it's like Boy, these boycotts are actually working. And did you see the CEO of Target doubling down on the whole thing? Mm. Unbelievable. I just hate this terrorism crap. Oh, dude. Throwing it out there. Using a word like terrorism to describe people's displeasure over a particular <laughs> retail outlet. Shut your mouth. Terrorism, you jag. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, man. It's God. when you really get fired up it's about the, something that cracks it's me the, up. It's the w- way they manipulate the language. You yes. know, 
It's just speech is violent. Yes. Just knock it off. Uh, did you see where the Christian baseball player from the Dodgers, not Clayton Kershaw, another one spoke out against the Dodgers? I didn't see this. Who was it? Blake, is it Tran? Tran. Tran. Yeah. Yeah. Is he on your fantasy team? No, it's Trinan. I'm sorry. It's Trinan. You're the baseball guy. Trinan, yes. 34 years old. Blasting his team and employer. Because, again, they invited the anti-Catholic group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to the team's 23 Pride Night in June. He brings up an interesting point as he's going on here. But he said, I'm disappointed to see the sisters being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. Many of their performances are blasphemous, and their work only displays hate and mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith, which is true. Um, And it goes into some of what this group has done. He said, I understand that playing baseball is a privilege, not a right. My convictions in Jesus Christ will always come first. Since I've been with the Dodgers, they've been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, Major League Baseball, and professional sports. He also said, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe the word of God is true. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. People like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans do not want propaganda or politics forced on them. The debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies in professional sports to stay true to their brand and leave the propaganda and politics off the field. I thought that was pretty well it said. Is. Yeah, I agree. And it was interesting because I read that like two minutes after I saw that the pitcher from the Blue Jays had kind of caved and gone along with yeah. the corporate statement. Yeah. For for him, I think, in that case, um, I wonder how much of it had to do with the threat from the Canadian government. Because he's, he's on the yes. Blue Jays roster. And, if, and what he did was he shared somebody saying that there's a biblical justification to boycott Target. Right. And, you know, all holy hell just rained down on this guy. And then he does this hostage video. And I wonder how much the organization of the Blue Jay said, uh, we're going to have these human rights complaints coming in. Yeah. Canada didn't mess around with that stuff. And, well, because they're communists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to go out and read this or you're not going to play baseball. Yeah. Don't know that, but wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Okay. Much more to get to. Including... um, all these fees, if you're going on vacation, that you got to watch out for. Some of these I hadn't even heard of before. We'll get to and a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did you have a news update, David? No, I'm really interested in the travel fees that you're, you're bringing okay. to the table here. Real quick, I was glad to see the nine teenagers arrested over the assault of the three Marines. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. In California. Good. I didn't know that. All right. We'll get... To to yeah. that a, right. a little bit more later. Um, different people are wondering what should be done with these teens. David knows. Oh, I would just say, let, let's go one-on-one. Yeah. Okay, Marine gets to pick one of these guys. All right, let's go one-on-one instead of 40-on-3 now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we should be uh, fostering a Jordan Neely situation here. Oh, yeah. Well, I know some people went the extra mile on that and said, you know, you attack a Marine, you're attacking the U.S. government. I mean... Very insurrectiony. That is very true. much so. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. 
Um, yeah, I happen to see this piece in the Wall Street Journal about people being annoyed by travel fees. And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's like some of the airlines. Like, oh, there's a charge to check in online from Frontier. Really? You'd heard about different things like that before. But some of this stuff goes beyond the baggage and seat fees and the Airbnb cleaning fees, all that sort of stuff. Um, they quoted this dude that's a software developer in California that travels a lot for work. He said, okay, I go to this conference resort in Scottsdale, Arizona. There was a $10 Bellman gratuity fee, a daily $3 made gratuity, and a $22 credit card processing fee. Jeez. The, the quote the, in, the, in the story says, I was like, what the hell's all this stuff? <laughs> Said, I left the maid a $10 cash tip in my room. I didn't use the bell service and never saw a credit card fee outside a restaurant. He couldn't believe it. Um, there were other things in just booking flights. There's a, If you book it online, of course you're going to. Oh, they, yeah, there's a fee for that. No, of course there is. Oh, my goodness. And then if you're going to a hotel but you got to have a package delivered there, then there's going to be a package acceptance fee. That's involved in that. <laughs> God. And then, okay, this one took the cake, man. Um, at different touristy restaurants, making your drink cold. One visitor to the Wynn in Vegas posted a receipt for two drinks from a hotel bar and a charge for craft ice. $3.50 for craft ice. Oh, my God. This is the Mark of Van Camp and Robin show. <laughs> hey, the ice is going to cost you something, oh, all right? Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I am quitting my job right now to become an, a craft ice brewer, all right? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Wow. All right, what's the biggest story of the day? Uh, biggest story of the day uh, in the political wonky circles, of course, is the uh, debt ceiling uh, fight that's going on. Uh, the House of Representatives is supposed to be voting on it later today. Um, and then it'll go over to the Senate. And the Senate, uh, what, they're going to take it up in two or three days. Uh, so we'll repeat this process all over again. And eventually, uh, you know, it, it'll probably pass. Probably so. Robin, you got your big three ready? Sure, man. News update and the trifecta. Next, right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. <laughs> this was really funny, man. All right. So uh, you've got a situation here where you've got multiple whistleblowers coming out and saying that, hey, the DOJ, the Department of Justice, has been improperly handling a federal investigation into the president's son. Uh, they've been uh, basically stonewalling the investigation in some cases, as the allegations reported by, of all places, CBS News. Yes. Uh, apparently, they've been marking certain documents as classified, so they're inaccessible to some of the investigators. Uh, there's a whole lot of shenanigans going on. And a lot more people are uh, wondering what exactly did the president know about his crackhead son rolling around the world making all these business deals. And again, I, I think, as you know, House Republicans have come up with, uh, the documents showing... Uh, millions of dollars going to Biden family members. Yes. Uh, so the bank records. <laughs> where where exactly 
or what exactly uh, were the services rendered in order for them to get that money? That's a very interesting question. So today, uh, one of the White House spokesmen, John Kirby, was asked about this. And it's a rather long clip, but it's because the reporter has a, a lot of examples of some shenanigans being uh, pulled off by the Biden team. And oh, I'm all been many developments in the House investigations into the First Family's international business dealings recently. Uh, there's one committee trying to get an FBI file alleging that President Biden took bribes. There's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence-peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Wow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> John Kirby just says, wow, and shakes his head. And the so-called reporters, the guardians of democracy itself, <laughs> laugh along with him. <laughs> that seems to be a fair question, isn't it? That's a very fair question. I mean, come on. We were treated to a couple years of questions about some PP tape that didn't even exist with Donald Trump. Correct. But we can't answer that. No. No, we're not going to. No, we're not going to talk about that. There's a lot of things. Over wow. Okay. Um, before we get to the trifecta, this, I think, is a good example. As we're getting ready for Pride Month, you know, starts tomorrow. I hadn't heard anything about that. Dude. Really? It's, it started two weeks ago, mm. basically, with all of the talk of everything. Okay. As the point has been made many times, it's not just about acceptance. You need to celebrate. Mm -hmm. You will be forced to celebrate. And on that, I thought this was a decent example. This actress, Candace, she was big in the Twilight series. Rochelle the fool. Mm. Talking about her trans seven-year-old. Non-binary. Okay. Sorry. Okay. And the audio is a little bit funky. Um, but you can tell what she is saying. And I just want to hear your reaction to this. So I just walked into Target and the um, right behind me here where you see all these lovely swimsuits that's where the pride display used to be and i came in here two days ago and my seven-year-old who's non-binary saw it and said look mom it's pride look they're gonna celebrate me and because some people complained and um threw some stuff to the ground or i don't know what happened they have moved to the pride section to the back of the store time out for a second uh-huh okay what do you think so far? I, uh, I, I, she's a liar. Kid never said that. Or if the kid did, it was with prompt. Yeah. Oh, I think it's possible that the kid said it because that's what the kid's been taught. I'm non-binary. They're going to celebrate me. Okay. This... Who has celebrated because of their sexuality in any form? Why does that have to be a thing? I don't understand it. Yeah, well, also, her seven-year-old is not non-binary. No. Her seven-year-old no. has a mom yeah. who's got Munchausen's by proxy. Exactly. And this yes. non-binary for a seven-year-old nonsense. Yes. Just I stop. Know. 
Absolutely, but that's what you're dealing with. Golly, man. And then goes on. So the next time my seven-year-old comes to Target, or rather, I can't bring them here anymore, at least for the entire month of June, because if they walk in, and all the other people who walk in and go, where'd it go, are going to realize that they are being successful in trying to erase them. Erase them. Mm hmm Okay. We could do so much better than this. We're not supposed to negotiate with the terrorists. Okay. We can do so much better than this. No, it's stop indoctrinating kids and then having companies go along with it. People have had enough. And they're standing up for what is right and true. And you're going to have to deal with it and be a better parent. That's vile. <laughs> it's just vile. It is. It's freaking vile. Well, that what she's weirdos like do, that are walking around well, with kids. And she's trying to play the game of, course. of emotional manipulation about a seven-year-old who thinks somehow, some way, if they did say it, that they should be celebrated because they're non-binary. I mean, that's absolute insanity. But that's where we are. Mm-hmm. All right, dude, are you ready for your big three? No, I'm so disgusted. Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. Uh, you, you, listen, man. It gets worse. I'm just saying we've got three. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I you know. picked these. No, I did. All right. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day this time, Scott Robbins' trifecta, helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. I'm ready. Normal thing we have on this show is Casey. Three. Okay, yes. Number three, Disney uses a guy in a dress to sell the princess experience. What? Gosh dang it. This is Disney. So you go, you save up your, your pennies, right? Your money and you and the wife take your little daughter because she's a princess. Like a lot of little girls are going through that period in her life. So you go to the little princess castle at, at uh, Disney and it's a little gift shop, and you can go in there, and there's princesses walking around. And the greeter has a freaking beard and is dressed like a princess. No, really? Yes! The boutique wow. is a big deal for the girls. When they go here, mine went. They were having a little fantasy day. And now they get greeted for this experience by a creepy guy in a dress. He is immeasurably creepy, just wanting this job position in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to dress up like a Disney princess and hang out with little girls. Yeah. All okay. day. Yeah. Mm hmm. You should be on a watch list. Okay. So parents grin and bear it, they say. Unless they have to deal with the tantrum at the Disney park that's already costing them thousands of dollars a day. They okay. came to indulge the child. Disney knows that. It's a captive audience. You take your kid in there, and there's the fairy godmother. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's one of the princesses. And, yeah, the, and it's the a Disney dude princess. Yeah. with a beard. Yeah. For real. Greeting children when they come in. Oh, my goodness. I, too, am a father. Well, I bet you don't yeah. want to do that either, do you? Yeah. But I understand the fact that you came all the way out there. You spent thousands of dollars. Yeah. And you're looking at this going, well, this isn't right. But damn, man, what do you want me to do? Turn around and leave. Yeah, but you get, yeah, you got a daughter that's, you know, I, I, I get it. Well, you're the adult. You feel trapped, right? Well, you, yeah. Leave. You just got to leave. Holy no, you, smokes. You, 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 you know, do everything you can to not go viral in whatever you're going to say. Why is that dude with a beard wearing a dress wanting to talk to my girl, my little girl? Yeah. 
Can somebody answer that? I mean, seriously, well, can you? Yeah, because, I mean, look, there's, I mean, because there's a lot of people out there who are bad and want to diddle kids. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. Sorry, you but know what? You... Whenever you try to figure it out, I know. And you if... come back to what David has said on that before, and it's like, uh, yeah, kind of it. Well, what else? They, they, you just say, uh, how many times do you say, just stay away from the kids? That's all. Won't do it. That's all. Won't. Because it's about more than that. Grown-up, adult, you want to live your life? I don't care how you want to live it, as long as you're not hurting me or anybody else. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. All right, Damn. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, Ghislaine Maxwell, the madam for billionaire mm. sex trafficker yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, did another interview with the Daily Mail, you're telling me. Yeah, she says she's living in constant fear for a brutal beatdown behind bars. I would, too. After she ratted out two violent Cuban inmates for trying to extort money from her. The pair were shown in solitary confinement for 47 days. They booted him in there after she reported them to authorities. Uh-oh. Now she's freaking out because the two have been released back into the general population, and they're seeking revenge against Ghislaine. Snitches get stitches, they have a reputation for being tough and mean inside jail, and they don't let anything slide. They're saying Maxwell needs to pay now. They will beat her up first chance they get. Now, maybe you could cooperate and get a reduced sentence if you just start naming names. Glane, I'm right? just saying. I yeah, mean, that, I, would, that would help. I mean, I, I really don't feel all that bad for her. I don't either, no. frankly. Because, again, you could reduce this sentence. Very easily done. You could turn here, but no. By the way, on a side note, and I brought a couple of these into the show. Uh-huh. It seems like at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, there's another Jeffrey Epstein story in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Uh, today's was Jamie Dimon says he n- never discussed Epstein's account. Yeah, his name's on Staley the says he did. It goes on and on. At some point in time, I think we'll know how deep this went, but it might be a while. Mm-hmm. A long while. Yeah. Holy smokes, I still don't know man. if the FBI has this information that they raided off Petto Island, right? They took things yeah. from Petto Island. Where is it and what is it? No, I don't want you to know. It's it, it's it's in a box next to the uh, Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> they don't want you to know, man. And Hunter's laptop. Yeah. All in the same place. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Get your pencils ready. I'm okay, sure. Let's go. Yes. Back. Okay. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Uh, Actually, we're at uh, yeah. number one. Uh, yes. Speaking of evil people who want to diddle your kids, the World yeah. Health Organization is promoting masturbation for children under four. Yeah. Are you joking me? No, I'm not. The World Health Organization, the U.N.'s public health agency, we heard a lot about them during the pandemic, devotes 68 instructive pages to kids and sex and their recommendations. And again, this is uh, from them, okay? On the list of what children learn from birth to four years old, you'll find the following. Enjoyment and pleasure when touching one's own body. Early childhood masturbation should be encouraged. Little boys and girls should not only pleasure themselves, they should question whether they're little boys or girls. Gain an awareness of gender identity. Possess the right to explore their gender identities. This is is insanity. Our Our guidelines reflect established psychological facts about children's understanding of their bodies and psychosocial development based on decades of research. There you go. Wow. Tell him that God's gonna <laughs> cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Johnny Cash starting to make more appearances on the show than Casey himself. 
Uh, and that is the Scott Robbins trifecta. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, I think so. I'm for sure. all of that depression. And there you have it. Yeah. I know. Don't you just... Well, you got to be aware of it before you can fight it. So I mean, yeah. I, I, again, you try to find stuff that is outrageous that you feel like people should know about. Yeah. This is going on. Yeah, it is. Wow. David? And the fairy godmother thing, too? David? Yes? Leave the kids alone. Mm-hmm. That's all we're saying. Yeah. All right. News update and Nimrods of the news. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. NBC News now reporting that uh, former president, or I'm sorry, former vice president Mike Pence is going to be launching his presidential campaign next week. Okay, do you, I'm just curious. Why? Do you think he thinks he can win or is this jockeying for something else? I I don't think he, I I think he's smart enough and, and, a realist enough to know that he won't win. I wonder how much of this is a, a anti-Trump uh, move because he knows where a lot of bodies are buried. Yep, and he's not shrill about it. That's that's the difference. I mean, he's he has stuck by Trump through a lot of stuff, including when you know he's in the Capitol during the Capitol oh, yeah. riot, and Trump is tweeting about how Mike Pence lacked the courage to do. Something you couldn't legally do. Um, and I, I think that Mike Pence uh, might be in a position to sort of take a lot of fire uh, from Donald Trump and, and let the other Republican candidates kind of sort out their differences in an effort to win the nomination. Yeah. That'll be really interesting. So then when we're talking about the first debates, how many people are going to be on that stage? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like a dozen, like there were last time. Yeah, at least ten. I mean, probably on that trajectory. Yeah. Boy, it's tough to make a dent when there's that many people. Mm-hmm. But you remember, shoot, Ben Carson was up front for a while, and at the beginning of it, what was it? It was like Rubio and Jeb Bush. I forget who else. Oh, your guy, Walker, Scott Walker. Yes, and then you know by December. Pretty much done with those three. So anyway, all right, we got to get to uh, Nimrod's in the news. Man, we might have a double shot. David may actually be coming in with a Nimrod mm-hmm. of his own. As a matter of fact, I think you should lead this. This sounds really good. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. David Van Camp, who you got? 25-year-old guy named David Joseph D'Alessandro robbed a convenience store in a small town in uh, South Carolina called Sharon, about 45 miles southwest of Charlotte. Uh, Now, D'Alessandro, he walked in the store uh, Tuesday afternoon, about 5.45 in the afternoon, early evening, wearing a mask, a wig, a hoodie, sweatshirt, and carrying a pistol in his waistband shows the pistol hmm. uh gets about 300 bucks in cash runs away he's found pretty quickly uh the gun he had was from the 1980s nintendo game duck hunt <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just thinking you're a small town south carolina you're really gonna get you're running gonna run the risk of getting blasted by an armed clerk <laughs> with a for 300 bucks <laughs> ducks were scared yeah that's nimrod's in the news